0: It's not as I imagined it would be, thinking of it in Boston. The frontier is the only land available to people. Out here, they're beholden to none. As a new land was being carved out of an untamed frontier. I just jumped
1: in to see how you boys is doing.
0: One man, defiantly courageous, stood his ground.
1: I call all our colonial scouts what in the
0: militia. I ain't your scout. We sure ain't no damn militia. One woman, fiercely independent, followed her spirit. My father warned me about people like you. He said, do not try to understand them. Do not try to make them understand you. Thank you so much. They shared an adventure. It was a war party. That means they're going to be attacking up and down the frontier. That took them from the edge of the wilderness. He saved us. We're alive only because of him. Are those the actions of a criminal? And into each other's hearts. Why didn't you leave when you had the chance? Because what I'm interested in is right here. You've done everything you can do save yourself! Stay alive, no matter what occurs. I will find you. No matter how long it takes, no matter how far. I will find you. Academy Award winner, Daniel Day-Lewis, Madeline Stowe, the last of the
1: Mohicans. Few technological developments have had as great an impact on our lives as...
0: These two idiots... Look, tell me, you two are pretty good. Best in the company. Golly, I'm so impressed. You're talking about line of sight. Yeah, that's right. Exactly.
1: Welcome to Line of Sight. My name is Adam. My name is Nathan. And this is episode number. 73. Last of the Mohicans for February 16th, 2021. And we are, I think it was we're recording this uh, just before Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. which would have already passed when, uh, when this comes out. And also on that day, the Snyder Cut trailer drops. So don't tell us what happens in the trailer <laughs> listeners we're still waiting on don't that tell Although us we, we didn't just, warn you <laughs> we just got a trailer for the trailer i think came out today <laughs> which uh is the trend of as you said nathan eight seconds of nothing <laughs> to <laughs> tease a teaser and uh we're looking forward to that, because uh, once that does come out, we'll get Evan back on and definitely do a deep dive into the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Is it called Justice League, or The Justice League? I don't even know. I assume it's The <laughs> Justice League. But. I'm just thinking of what the title looks like, and I don't know where they'd put the The. Right. But... Uh, yeah, I gotta keep watching I'm on my own time <laughs> not podcast time watching some of the DCEU movies. And I do wanna watch the uh, <laughs> the original the Weed and Cut. Well, uh, you gotta, but, but also the Batman V Superman directors. Cut. Well exactly. You have uh
2: we have the top 100 coming up, so you definitely need to watch Batman versus Superman. Sneak yeah, in, there. F-
1: figure out where that falls in my <laughs> top 100. Uh, <laughs> I have been spending a lot of time on this list. Uh, I'm sure there are things I'm forgetting. Well, that's the and, thing, and I, I'll, I'm doing it very I'll, early. Uh, I'll reveal something now.
2: Uh, I've been making my list and I t- totally forgot about Rocky. I had no Rocky representation and it's like, that's <laughs> insane. Because There's things like that where it's just like obvious things that are... It's because I have your Rocky movies. It's actually <laughs> partially true because I look at my shelf yeah. and
1: I don't see it there. Actually, yeah. Do you have anything of mine that would... Be on the list a new world
2: uh, a new world <laughs> or the the what? new world the new world oh yeah no that's not <laughs> <laughs> I am mean, I've uh, I've been meaning to watch that I'm gonna watch it soon
1: Um, so I'm gonna give a little insight into how I'm doing this so yes we've mentioned it briefly before and then just now For our 100th episode, we're compiling our top 100 movies. Now, just to clarify before we go too crazy on these lists, let's make sure we're on the same page. I am making a list of my 100 most favorite movies. Yes. Not what I think are the 100 best movies and there is a difference there is absolutely a difference i
2: i am i think we should be on the same page because it's only fair to the listener uh, but uh no absolutely because i was already thinking about that today uh i mentioned uh we're doing today the last of mohicans the last of the mohicans but i was thinking about uh doing Iron Will this week and I love that movie but not even thinking that Iron Will is in my top 100 but something like that where I know it is not a 5 out of 5 movie but I like it more than a lot of movies that I've given 5 out of fives to type of things like that so and, yeah, the classic Citizen Kane type thing. Citizen Kane, spoiler, is not on my list. and will not be, but I do think it's a perfect movie or whatever they're phrasing. So, yeah, it is definitely just going to be our favorite movies. Uh, because, just saying the best... Uh, Yeah, it it wouldn't be as fun.
1: Yeah. Um, So I have a list of a 100 and something, I think maybe 40 I did. And I don't think this is cheating, but in order to get an accurate starting point, what I'm doing is uh, I've created a tournament online mm-hmm. <laughs> around Robin where I can uh, I can really get a good order. And then once I have that, that won't be my definitive, this is my list. but then I think it makes it easier of like, no, I actually do like this more than that rather than just putting in a bunch of things. So that's why I have over a hundred just to weed out what might be at the bottom. Uh, and not on the list rather than just stopping at 100 and I'm sure eventually I'll have uh, others that will uh, that will show up that I th- think of but uh, yeah it's uh, I haven't done much with this tournament I, I've been tweaking it to make sure that it, it it actually works properly but like there's this site that I'm Uh, doing it on and you can, it's really for sports obviously, but uh, you can really control the way that the tournament goes, so I have it in what is it, seven groups of 20 doing a round robin, and I think two will get knocked out at the end of that, so I'm really hoping these groups don't have one that's just completely stacked, right? (laughs) and then like two of my they maybe it could have been in the top like 40 but because they're in the, in this group of 20 get knocked out but it's just the way that this, this site works and then you can do like elimination rounds and stuff like that but I all I really want to get is just an, an ordered list and uh, it's pretty funny doing it this way because you'll get these like matchups and I just pick the winner <laughs> of like which one do I like more but that idea of which is the better movie and which do i like more is it comes up a lot right <laughs> like uh because you'll have completely unrelated movies uh like not the same genre completely different like eras that they came out or yeah like yeah for I'm trying sure i to find a good example but uh i don't know um there were some pretty funny examples when it was like, if it was like a comedy and then like a really serious drama (laughs) and it's like, I don't know. I kind of like the comedy more. Right. Even though it's clearly not the better movie. Uh, yeah, no, I don't want to give too much away of what some of these could be. So I don't want to read off too many. Oh, here's a good one. Pride and prejudice or edge of tomorrow. (laughs) It's like those are two very good movies. All right. And that's the other thing The a lot of the ones I was coming up with for the bottom, I'm like, I don't know if it's really my favorite movie, but I like it a lot. So I'm throwing in some that I completely expect to just be like tossed away, but there may be some surprises of like, oh, no, I realized I do like that more than these other 50 movies and it makes it at the bottom of the list or something. So, All right. Uh, It's very, uh, it's taken up a lot of my time because I, (laughs) I, I'm, I'm very interested in this because it's not something I think about. Like I find, I find actually the, the top movies were pretty easy to come up with. It's more of the rest. Yes. The bottom of the list. I feel like,
2: yeah, my top 15 will have a lot of shuffling, but I more or less know the top 15 ish.
1: Yeah. And then... That's where... When I first made the list, I was like... I'd just kind of add them in as it was going. And then be like, oh, this deserves to be way higher. So yeah, there'd be some where it's like, really, that's not in my top 20. But it's like, I don't know. These 20 movies are all really up there. Like, I just... I like a lot of movies. So that's why I need this to... To sand it down a bit for me. And then give me a better starting point. So... I'm putting a lot of thought into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the listeners appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's for the listeners so that they get a, a proper understanding of how just how much do I really like a very Brady sequel? And can now,
2: here's a question. Are we making this list uh, as like a collection to represent you? or is this just purely favorites and the reason I ask this there's a lot of franchises that can take up a lot of room and it's just like are i the the question is like do I drop empire strikes back to represent star wars or if I like return of the jedi more than my one hundredth and third movie, or you know what I'm saying? Do I have to put that on there, too? And, like, I mean, Indiana Jones, there's those, there's uh, Godfathers, there's not a ton, but there's enough franchises that have more than one amazing movie. Like, it's not like nowadays, or it's like, only the first one's worth
1: talking about all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Well, To give a little bit away, I do have all three original Star Wars movies. Right. Because for sure, each one of them has a place somewhere. And that's the interesting thing, trying to figure out where exactly they fall. I know what order they would go in compared to each other, but amongst the rest of these movies, I don't know. Um, there's a couple other franchises that I don't include. Like, it, it, I can think of two different trilogies one I included two of the movies, and one I only included one of the movies. And that is a bit of a reflection of the quality, I think, even though growing up they might have made like meant something to me, but now as an adult, I only hold one in a higher regard. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and even uh, that alone is
2: interesting, the like quality and but then even watches because spoiler Phantom Menace will not be on my list, but I've seen the Phantom Menace <laughs> probably yeah. more than a lot of these movies. <laughs>
1: like it's Yeah, I, I have a couple little ground rules for myself. And they're not, I'm not holding fast to them. But if I've only seen it once, it's it's got a lot of work cut out for it to actually make it on the list. Because I might have really liked it first time I've watched it. But if it's been out for a while and I've still only seen it once and I'm just riding that high on the, f- the first time watch. Right. It's like, is that really a favorite movie if I haven't gone back to it? Or is it just me thinking it was really good? So there's uh, a couple like that, although I do want to rewatch some of those. Well, see, that's the that thing. I, I feel
2: like there's a couple uh, that will be one time only watches, and that's just a time thing. And because partially because of this podcast of watching yeah. a lot more stuff and being more purposeful and listening to other podcasts and reading other people's things about, like, uh, there's, like, this guy's website, and he has a movie column, and this lady's recommending things, and it's like, oh, I've I've watched it, or... And it's just like, yeah. It is what it is. There's gonna... there, There will be a few, but I... I would prefer to be able to. And that's the other thing. There's even movies that I want to watch that I've never yeah. seen before. And am I going to be embarrassed that they're not on my list or something? <laughs>
1: but yeah i think this being a reflection of us it's like yeah so you haven't seen certain movies right. so they're not going to be on there so it's yeah it's not like that's anything to be embarrassed about it's gaps that you'd like to fill in right. and haven't yet and maybe they would become a favorite but even just talking about our favorites of last year the movies we've watched in 2020 like there's a couple on there it's like I would like to have them on here, but I don't know. Like, some of them don't really excite me enough to have them on this list. There's a couple I've, I'm kind of trying out, but some that there's no way. Like, I could say that this movie that I just watched last year for the first time sits higher than other things that I've been watching for decades. right but yeah you you weigh it how you think (laughs) you should but yeah that's why i kind of wanted to bring it up is so we are on the same page there isn't any real strict rules no um other than i would say they are movies and not shows or limited series uh I don't think I am including any documentaries and that's just a personal preference thing. Like there's a couple of movies that I do like that are documentaries, but I find it hard to weigh it against any, uh, like fiction or narrative, um, movie. Like how do you really decide it's better? Or I guess it's just your enjoyment of it, but, right. uh, so, but that's yeah. my own personal choice. I'm not saying you can't, but yeah, just no, there is a few documentaries, but it's debatable whether, uh, yeah, it's hard because really, like I've mentioned, Blackfish. I've watched that a bunch of times. I don't think I'd call that a favorite movie, though. Even yeah. though it's weird that I've watched that a, <laughs> a yeah. ton of times. <laughs> uh, I there's something else. Oh, there's there's like some music documentaries and maybe they're not even documentaries are more of like almost like live shows right so it's like I don't think that really counts right so well yeah it depends how they are yeah
2: Yeah. but yeah no interesting
1: times we live in interesting times (laughs) yeah and we haven't decided we were just discussing actually do we start it on our 100th episode, start our countdown, or start the countdown in our top 10 end on the 100th episode.
2: Right, so for listeners, we're just going to do 10 at a time and drag yeah. it out.
1: We're not... Yes. Because well, we w- either we drag it out over 10 episodes or you get like a 6-hour <laughs> us going through all 100. Well, that's the thing. I, I think the the
2: dragged it out is better and in that yeah. instead of just listing things off because then we're just yes. listing things this way drag it out but then we can talk about them as well. Because what is this podcast but to talk about movies.
1: Yep. So uh either way, the um hundredth Episode of Line of Sight is set to be July, no, August 24th. If we keep up this one once a week deal, so we've got some time. But uh, that's why I'm I'm getting on top of figuring out this order because I want it to be accurate. But I feel like coming right up to <laughs> even the 10 10 a week I'll be playing with the order depends on the day depends on the mood what I've watched mm-hmm uh,
2: but, yeah. just uh another note for our listeners that I know they're concerned uh Bradford Tim Hortons has officially changed over to paper straws uh yeah. It's devastating. It's... I am going to have to order some plastic. It's it's really fine, I think, if you're drinking something quickly. And I am a fast drinker generally. But my go-to ice caps, by their very nature, aren't... You can have a few quick sips, but they are a extended process. So that's when you start getting the tear and the straw falling apart at the end. The pulp. The pulp. Yeah. I don't Uh, need to eat my straw. (laughs) I'm drinking here. I don't need to eat anything. So it's a disaster. I'd rather just have plastic. The cup's in plastic. It's a joke. I'm not shoving these in turtles' noses. I know people think that they're saving the environment. You're not. You truly, truly are not.
1: <laughs> it's such a joke. Uh, uh, they do have them in Aurelia as well. I, I was handed one <laughs> uh, in the past week, and my uh, I want to make <laughs> a meme. I always say this and I never do it, but if I was a, the type of person that made memes, I would use the clip from um, Parks and Rec when Ron Swanson is taking the vegan bacon, right? And there, he says, "Do you want a sample of a vegan bacon?" It's like, "Yes, please!" And then just tosses it in the garbage <laughs> and it says, "Another." That would be me with paper straws. Can I have a paper straw and just toss it right in the garbage? and ask for another one. Okay. That's how I feel about it. <clears throat>
2: uh, other quick thing before we get going. watched the animated 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. It ends on Christmas. Mm, yeah. They have a Christmas tree up. They mention the word Christmas multiple <laughs> times. A new... Christmas classic, 101 Dalmatians. Quite a bit of snow in it as well. There you go. Free tip for you, Adam. I know you're always looking for anything that slightly mentions <laughs> the twenty 20- Toy
1: Story ends at Christmas. That's true. It does. I don't know if they ever say it, though. No. You know it is. There's Christmas trees, frankincense, this is myrrh. All right. There's all the things about Christmas, but they don't actually say it's Christmas time, or they're opening Christmas presents. That's just, just a thing that's happening, and everyone knows. Well, I don't think I I I bet you
2: there's quite a few movies that don't even say it. Yeah, and it's just implied.
1: Is there Christmas in the Last of the Mohicans? I don't
2: think so because. It's in northeastern United States, and there's no snow. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the characters are running around with no shirts on. So Mm -hmm. I suspect it's in the middle, and that water is flowing. So
1: I suspect it's in the middle of the summer. Okay. So, yes, we are talking 1992, The Last of the Mohicans, directed by... Michael Mann. Getting back now, into the 90s. I uh, I have Michael Mann confused with someone. And I don't know who it is. Because I was thinking he was someone else. So we just mentioned that I lent you uh, The New World. Right. Which is directed by Terrence Malick. So I'm wondering if I'm mixing Mann and Malick. Because when I was looking at Michael Mann, I'm like, I thought this guy did a, a bunch of things. <laughs> like, I, I feel like yeah. that is a good confusion where you
2: could see some of their stuff crossing over. And yeah. Michael Mann... Maybe because there's two Indian movies. <laughs> yeah. But Michael Mann is almost like a more popular version of Terrence Malick or... Terrence Malick is a more artsy version of Michael Mann uh,
1: but they are in that range I think yeah yeah so I, I was just yeah looking up I've seen a few of his other things uh, I have seen Heat uh, Collateral I actually recently bought Black Hat because I saw it for like two dollars and I thought might as well buy it. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Actually, now that I'm looking at it again, I've seen, I haven't seen Ali or Public Enemies or Miami Vice. I've seen all three of
2: those. I didn't real. Uh, I saw Ali in theaters. I think I've seen it twice, but I didn't realize it was Michael Mann. And I have his uh, Thief, but uh, James. Yeah, C- that was his. First, James Khan So, uh, yeah. I gotta check that out still. But I like Michael Mann. I think uh, most
1: of his stuff uh, I like quite a bit. So, this is your pick. Yes. Uh, as you said, we were thinking about um, Iron Will and yeah. Pulled an Audible. I happened to have this. I, I, this might be on Prime, actually. It could be. Did you watch it on? I, uh, I thought maybe I saw it, but I happened to have the DVD I borrowed from my mom. I was just looking at what DVDs they had. I'm like, oh, I've never seen this, and I took it. But I've had it for months. So <laughs> gave me an excuse to actually watch it. Um, Now, the only thing not that the only thing I knew about it but I didn't know much about it and the only real reference I had seen to it before I've mentioned uh, the Ben Stiller show and how he's he's got some pretty good spoofs on there and there was one cold open and he does uh, it's like an infomercial for the Mohican Master 2000 and it's like a treadmill made of like wood uh but he is daniel day lewis and he's talking about how in this movie he's always running from one place to another and whatever and it's, and i get it's not like there's great jokes in this skit but it's just like the settings on the thing are like being chased by bears being chased by whatever uh huron or whatever uh the funniest thing in it, I think, and now I get it because before I wouldn't have, but, um, it, it, at the very end, he says something about this offer. He, he's doing a pretty good Daniel Day Lewis. Um, but he says something like this offer is not available in Kentucky, <laughs> <laughs> Like Kentucky, or however he says it in yeah. the movie. And I was like, Oh, I get that now. Uh, and then the other funny thing in it is, um, bob odenkirk who's uh one of the main guys on the show he is um he does kevin costner and it's like buy now and you get 50 percent off jazzercise with wolves and it's him dressed as kevin costner <laughs> doing some dancing uh so that's funny so check it out Ben Stiller show from (laughs) Uh, 30 years ago or whatever (laughs) so that's we're already doing the deep dive that's my intro to this movie um and then yeah the first as a first time watcher my big question was is he white or is he playing a red man (laughs) no he's white he's adopted yeah so no but going into (laughs) it that was was my question because it was like uh, that's all I know is Daniel Day-Lewis Indians I'm like I mean he's known for his acting chops and maybe he is doing red face I don't know but no he he is not well Uh, here's uh,
2: here's a good question I have this on my list of uh, notes here but then uh we, we like to drag things out here at line of sight so we can jump around and uh, not yet get into it, but I was thinking, is this the best last movie? And by that, I mean The Last Samurai, The Last Jedi, The Last of the Mohicans. Those were the only three I could think of. Off The, the t- Last Unicorn Okay, is it an animated movie. Um,
1: I've never seen that well, but my wife likes it I was gonna say this is a video game there's The Last of Us but I think they're gonna make a TV show of that Um, and yeah, I would just
2: point that this uh, I'm trying to I think we should do The Last Samurai eventually but This is similar to The Last Jedi in, not its quality, but in its... The last of the Mohicans is not Daniel Day-Lewis. No. Spoiler. It's his adopted dad. Yeah. Like, that's... So if you want to get like, you could say he's adopted into the Mohican tribe or whatnot. But like, if you want to get specific and anal about it, the dad is the last of the yeah. Mohicans. Him and his biological son.
1: Yeah, their bloodline, right? At least. The actual. Because you you could say that. Yeah, he he and his woman can carry on their tradition or something right. but it's not like the the bloodline of that
2: right kind of clan and i feel like there's some weird line in the last jedi where luke says i will not be the last jedi or ray will not be the last jedi that's the title spoken in the movie haven't really thought about it much but like it's a similar thing where it's i feel like it's not ray maybe or what that movie makes no sense because it's not (laughs) the last jedi so why do you
1: even call it that but whatever uh i think at the time Luke is the last Jedi so she must go to him to become a Jedi herself so by the end he's obviously not the last Jedi so it does make sense as a title yeah so like it applies to everything but.
2: but then couldn't if there's only okay presidents and prime ministers they're the last one because there's no one yet after them yeah no one can be after them until they're gone. Like it's whatever. <laughs> Nick picky. Who cares? I'll let you go um,
1: first. What I was just gonna say. There's there's the uh, not last year, 2019. There was a movie called The Last Full Measure. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that really counts. I don't think. It uh, okay. So my thoughts. um I liked a lot of things in this. <clears throat> I didn't feel fully engaged, <laughs> is my thing. That's your fault. And it's yeah. not like there are things that I dislike in it. Um, There's probably not many things I could even think of that I dislike, but that would be my main comment, is kind of like with this top 100, weighing out... How I feel about things and the quality. Obviously, the quality does contribute to it. Um, me having seen this for the first time in 2021, 90s movies do have a certain feel to them and it's working against it, I think. Really? In, in this, like. I felt it I aged know. pretty well. I don't, yeah, I don't think it aged badly, but I. I f- I don't know. I, I didn't think it looked great. Actually, the one thing I you're didn't watching
2: want it to... on a DVD. You got to get. <laughs> I was looking up, hoping that this was coming to 4K.
1: It yeah. Uh, I thought it looked amazing. I, mean, I uh, we'll see. Maybe if I had the HD, maybe it would have made a difference. But I I don't think so. One one of the main things, though, not so much the look of it, but the score i i was not into the uh, the main theme uh are you so kidding me
2: what's the, the matter the, with you
1: and then listen but the, the it did get me at the end the very climax which like i don't know how long it is but like this one track starts that you haven't heard the whole movie i don't think and it's playing this kind of like fiddle jig <laughs> like yeah. during the, the last part which isn't the main theme there's another main theme that I'm I had it yesterday I just watched it yesterday but like it's during the DVD menu too so it was just like pounding me with it and I was just like oh this is not not as epic as it should be but maybe in the 90s it was and it's more about the the quality of I don't know orchestration like it does uh, Not that it sounds cheap, but it doesn't sound full. And I don't think you can blame the DVD on this. I think this is more maybe just me, my ear picking up on certain things. But uh, that that was the one negative thing I would say about it, and maybe that's why I wasn't so into it. But then there was that last bit of music, and I was completely engaged. So my enjoyment of a movie does hinge heavily on what I'm hearing and if I'm digging the, uh, the sound or not. So, yeah, my note was the music sounds like it's trying really hard to be epic, and maybe it was at the time, but it sounds lacking in comparison to others, including more memorable scores from the 90s. And uh, I, don't, I didn't recognize the composer's name, Uh, or names, there's two guys I think Um, but Randy Edelman was the main one and uh, just looking through what he had done uh, it was a a lot of comedies Um, some notable entries were Angels in the Outfield, The Mask, Billy Madison Down Periscope (laughs) Uh, But then more relevant experience on his resume, Indian in the Cupboard, which I don't really remember the music, but I like the movie, and that has to do with an Indian. Uh, Dragonheart, which I seem to remember has a pretty good score. He does Dragonheart? Yeah. The end
2: of Dragonheart, when he goes up to be with Mufasa in the stars or whatever it is, Yeah. is amazing. (laughs) The end of Dragonheart is some of the best music going.
1: Uh, I... I haven't watched Dragonheart in a while. I do remember the scores pretty good. Uh, and then another involving Indians that I love, Shanghai Noon, mm-hmm. <laughs> he also did. But, okay, so this, what did I say, 2000 or 92 was uh, Last of the Mohicans. Mm-hmm. So the very same year, he composed the music for Beethoven and i have to say i watched beethoven quite recently and he put his best effort into that over this because it's a, beethoven it, is amazing
2: it's an interesting statement to say he composed the music for beethoven <laughs> yeah
1: and i'm speaking not of the a movie about the composer beethoven but the saint bernard dog beethoven uh that music is awesome it's just like the main theme is piano uh, i could sing it to you because it's so memorable <laughs> it's just so cheery and fun so i i'm not saying this guy's a bad composer i've listed off a bunch of things that are great but i don't think that this epic style is really his strong suit but i will give him that ending just the main theme is really lacking and uh not that that's why i didn't think that this was amazing but it took me out of it a little for uh for being something that should be pretty much up my alley like i i'm into this period and uh another thing the a a very first thought um Is that it reminded me how Assassin's Creed 3 is my favorite of the Assassin's Creed games, and that's the one in, like, colonial America. I've not played that one. I haven't played that many, but I... You you play as uh, a native uh, who becomes an assassin, and he's using, like, you mainly... I mean, you can customize your weapons and stuff, but his main thing is a tomahawk, which looks amazing because it's got like the assassin logo as the blade. So that just looks cool. And then his hidden blade, I forget what they call it, but it turns and becomes like a dagger. So basically how they're fighting in this is a lot of what that is. And that was my favorite game. Uh, so I do enjoy all that stuff. Um And it, it reminded me of, of that game. And I really liked that. So, um, yeah, uh, I, like I said, there's not many negative things to say. It's just it didn't blow me away for whatever reason. I wasn't engaged okay. fully until the end. <laughs> yeah, well, that last half hour,
2: I think you're either in it or you're not. And I love it. I like, uh, this, yeah, I think this is, I've probably seen this for Five times now uh, I I think this isn't my favorite watch yet I, I was very into it I watched the extra features before I watched the movie which is always a bonus but they were good extra features and not just like promotional material that's what I'm always worried about or it's just garbage but uh, they were uh they were good and they were actually giving information on different aspects of things uh, the making of or whatnot. This wasn't in the extra features, but I've heard this said like Michael Mann's a pretty intense guy, and lots of people quit on him and stuff. And this might be a fake story. but apparently I think it was in this movie. The story goes that he was flipping out. And yelling, can someone turn that orange light down? Who has the orange light? And then it's like, that's the sun. (laughs) 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 Where he gets a little crazy. And, like, uh, he's the opposite of Clint Eastwood with the takes. Clint Eastwood is famous for, like, one or two takes. Uh, Michael Mann will do tons, like dozens and dozens of one thing so uh, he's pro- He
1: seems a little crazy but doesn't he also have like a lot of different versions of his movies like he'll recut them well, because of the, all those takes well that's and I've also I've heard that
2: this was a three hour movie it's his original one that he gave to Fox or I think it was 20th Century Fox. Uh, was it?
1: I don't know. Uh, I don't remember seeing the logo, but I I expected that, actually. Well, that's the thing.
2: Like, when I was debating what to watch, and then I just, <laughs> it was between this and Iron Will, and it's just like, oh, they're both... Iron Will's a little shorter, but this is basically a two-hour movie. Uh, yeah. It could have been... I thought, yeah, it's
1: going to be too. Maybe and a half if hours. it was longer, I would have been more into it. I don't know. Um, like I, I would love like, to see the three-hour version.: Yeah, I feel like there would have been more before type stuff, like more buildup, yeah, which I think maybe I wanted. Not that, again, it's not like a negative, but um, I actually really liked that you don't see his background. Yeah. you're just kind of like you start off and it's just like oh there's this guy and he's running with two Indian guys yeah. and that's where it's like already I'm like so is he supposed to be an Indian And it took a while for it to be like him telling his story so I liked that it was not a slow reveal but it just took its time with getting to that it, it was an important I mean it's part of the story but um N- not having like some not flashback but prologue of like his parents dying and mm-hmm. the like them adopting him or whatever like I liked that it didn't have that <laughs> so um I don't know yeah, if there's a whole hour cut out, I don't know where that would fall. I would almost think maybe around the middle
2: mm-hmm. um, I'm sure there was a lot more stuff in that fort, apparently that yeah. fort cost six million dollars to make and it was like super and authentic and like <laughs> they just chopped the trees down there and did it <laughs> like it's just like
1: uh, yeah kind of intense yeah that's one thing uh, I do appreciate is in the 90s they're not using CG or blue a lot of blue screen for stuff like this it could have just been a set, but you can you do get that feel that it's a real fort um so it doesn't feel cheap and like oh, they're just on some back lot or whatever yeah. no, I think
2: uh Michael Mann, especially for this one was known for its crazy authenticity so i re- I've watched uh this with commentary, but that's. Well, over a couple of years ago, so I don't really remember a lot, but one thing I do remember was when, uh, you know, when the French and the English or British uh, guy and they got the two opposing armies looking yeah. at each other, and then uh, the French does this big, elaborate bow. And then it's always like, oh, that's weird. But it's just like, I remember on the commentary, Michael Mann's like make made a point that like everything they're wearing is like authentic and uh, legitimate, and even that bow. It's so over. The top is like, no, that's how he would have bowed. Like there's all these like protocols and the French army, like it seems like, oh yeah, the French, they love this kind of stuff. But uh yeah, I don't know. That so the the authenticity, I like the location, especially all over the place, but especially the end. Just
1: the wilderness. Yeah. The insane wilderness in this movie is great. The frontier. Yeah, and it it starts with that too. Like, there's a lot of great establishing s- shots. Um, I was looking it up. So, where exactly is this? Like, do you know what state it would be in? Well, like where where they shot it or where it's supposed to take place? Well, I don't know. I guess where it's supposed to take place, but the the mountains um, that that showing. They're more of, like, a rolling mountain, right. not, like, these high peaks or whatever. And I love the look of, like, layers where it's, like, you got this one mountain and then there's one behind it that's a little more pale. And then another one that's, it's just, like, it looks like a painting, right? Like Bob Ross or something, where it's, like, you just add a little bit more white on this one and then this one and this. And it's just, like, it looks like a diorama almost of, like, these layers and so I was wondering, I'm like, is that the Blue Ridge Mountains? Because they do look blue. Right, that's interesting. <laughs> and they would be a good description, and I know that that's like Virginia, West Virginia, yeah, I think, like Appalachian.
2: I think that's exactly where it is, and it's just crazy, yeah, frontier, crazy wilderness. Uh, and the fact that, like, they had this crazy location to get to. Uh, It's funny that you mentioned paintings so on the extra feature Michael Mann says that that was part of his inspiration to make some of the shots look like paintings specifically and it's harder uh, because I wouldn't have noticed this unless someone pointed it out but he points it out they're showing all these like traditional landscape photos or paintings of like early uh colonial paintings, but then there's like a thing of like putting a few humans in it, and they did that quite a bit in this movie, where it's like this grand thing, and then there's just a little shot or not shot, but like a horse and a man or especially when there's the second ambush where they're, uh the whole british army is marching right and it's just like so green but then you see the little strip of red like he pulls back quite a bit in this movie to make it seem like a painting is his intention so
1: hey he, he got you yeah and one that also i didn't I wasn't saying it looked like a painting, but I guess you could describe it that way, is uh, when they're going over that bridge. Yes. And there's, like, a nice reflection, and it's almost like a perfect mirror. Mm -hmm. Like, it looks like a postcard or something. (laughs) That, like, it's just, it it almost looks, I guess it is artificial because it's a bridge. It's not like it's part of nature, but just... uh, how symmetrical it looks because of the reflection, the nice still water, but very nice shot. Very Mm -hmm. nice. Uh, Um, Go ahead if you have stuff. Yeah, just going in order. um, It's pretty early on. There's the the big ambush scene, which I thought was great. Um, The first ambush. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So when the the daughters are with like the whole uh british company and then they're they're ambushed by magua yeah. is it um or he's he's with them i guess at that point right. they don't know that he's bad and then he just kind of walks up so i felt like how is he not dead like <laughs> just the way that he does that he like kind of Drops down the, the hatchet. Yeah, and then what a great little a guy. Shot. It's it's pretty
2: awesome. I love the guy like, that he's like he kills right beside them. I love the guy that he kills. Kind of gives him a smile just before, like it's just like,
1: "Hey, buddy, <laughs> like, like how you doing?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, he like kills a couple guys right off the bat. I feel like they would have shot him. But maybe, I don't know, like maybe they're waiting on orders and they're, they're that kind of Well, I think it's, where they don't act on their own. Yeah,
2: and I would also just mark it up to the nature of an ambush and you're so shocked about what surprise. just happened. Like it's your
1: own guy doing it to you. Yeah, uh, So minor, minor thing. I just, I, they cut away so you don't really see what happens to him, but you assume he just kind of disappears into the bush or something. And then the other Indians come. But uh, uh, yeah, I, f- I felt like maybe they could have killed him. <laughs> but obviously then there wouldn't be a story. Um, but then they have uh, also in that scene a very nice practical scalping effect mm-hmm. where you see them like grab the guy's head and then just cut it off and you, you see the the bald spot yeah and it's not like insane violence but it's no, just it, it doesn't ever I don't, i'm pretty it, desensitized maybe at the time it's it would have been more shocking but it's not bloody right for being what it is like um it gets a you point you ever across. see them in uh Inglorious Bastards? Do you see them doing it? I think there's one where you see it. Maybe like the one, one of the ones towards the end. Uh, I feel like there's something where it's there's like a close up of a guy's face and like there's blood dripping down his forehead. I don't know if it's that movie, but in this it seems pretty clean. And I, I feel like maybe Inglorious Bastards is pretty clean too. But
2: I think a good yeah,
1: scalping. I I'm not sure.
2: Of the science behind it, but I feel like a good scalping is uh, not meant to be at all fatal, right? Yeah. So like, uh, what's his name? Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy, and yeah, the revenant. Well, yeah, there's a scalping. He gets scalped at the end, doesn't he? But he talks about how he was scalped before. At the start, I didn't feel nothing. I just heard the sound of knives scraping against my skull. And uh, i all laughing and whooping and hollering and whatnot. And the blood came and cold started streaming down my face and my eyes and breathing it in, choking on it.
0: That's when I felt it. I felt all of it.
2: I got my head turned inside out. Jesus. Yeah, them engines down Texas Way. You know, they may rob you, ain't gonna take your top knot. And like his yeah. head's all scarred up and messed up. But yeah. Scalping. What a what a tradition. What a lost tradition. Yeah. Someone should bring that back. <laughs> I feel like it will come back. <laughs> Uh, I like how it's shot the action is pulled back you get to see there's not a lot there's once in a while but there's not a lot of like cuts to make things look more intense than they are and uh, sometimes you lose in the intensity uh if things are uh, pulled back too much and then you see that, like, oh, this is just, like, two guys wrestling. But I feel like I'd rather have that than just shaky cam up close and, like, you're not getting a sense of the fight. I'd rather see a less realistic fight or more choreographed fight and be able to see it than a shaky cam up close, don't know what's going on type thing and uh, I think he does uh, a good job with uh, slow motion when to use it and when not to there's quite a bit of slow motion in it and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's great where you get to see things happen because things would be going too fast and yeah I like it
1: Um, one other shot that, well, not just one shot, but uh, when they're approaching the fort, and you start to see the cannon fire, and they're like across a lake, and there's like a island in between them. Yeah. So you just kind of see the island lighting up and hear it. I thought it was pretty awesome, because um, you can't tell what's going on, and it just it looks nice, but obviously what's happening there wouldn't be nice, but for them approaching it, it would be uh, kind of horrible to see. But as a viewer of a movie, it's like, oh, that is aesthetically pleasing. Just the way that it's lighting up the the lake and everything. And obviously he was going for something like that with uh, just how it was shot looking pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: what they? So they get to the fort and there's everything that happens in the fort the idea of these couriers <laughs> trying to get messages yeah. i love that just in like the most practical sense of like communication nowadays versus <laughs> that like it's just an insane thing that things are happening and you could cause problems to your enemy because your enemy is spread out and they can't communicate between them. So like you could have theoretically reinforcements coming around the next corner in the next 20 minutes, but you have no idea. And, uh, especially on the frontier. So it's just, uh, it's just a good emphasis of the technology and what's going on at the time. Uh, yeah, I like it, I like that they have to kill those guys to get out of the fort, and uh, yeah, so much also this movie takes place in 1757 I think is the big thing I love the historical aspects of this movie where it's just like I think it's at the beginning the title of it or uh, like whatever you call that uh, yeah. and it's just like who will control the continent like that is what the whole movie is about and even at the end where so many people die at the end but it is like meaningless or whatever like uh, this way of life like the Indian way of life is going out the window like there's good bad whatever like it is gone like the French are gonna win or the English are gonna win like it's not that they don't have a chance type of thing Uh, and so I like that this movie is not even like saying who's the good guys who's the bad guys like in certain aspects they are but and then I like the hints of American Revolution where the militia are being ordered around by the British and, but then they're not allowed to defend their home and then there's quite a few good lines where it's just saying like screw off, we have the right to defend ourselves and uh, defend our families and things like that I love there's one quote uh, that she says The Madeline Stowe. Uh, And you could take it as like self determination of a nation or just personal. She's saying it personally, but I feel like it's a pretty good line where she's saying no to the guy that's asking her to marry him, Duncan, marry her. And then her line I would rather make the gravest of mistakes then surrender my own judgment and it's like he's insisting that like just listen to me, marry me just listen to your dad, just marry me and she's just saying like, just can't do it I'd rather be dreadfully wrong but at least it's my choice type of thing I kind of like that sentiment
1: (laughs) yeah um so we didn't really say, I don't know how familiar everyone right. <laughs> is with this movie. Obviously we're talking about when it's taking place in certain details, but the main story. So I didn't know any of this going into it, but, uh, I kind of touched on it that there's, uh, is he a general or it's the daughters of a leader of the British right. army. Um, they are trying to get to him at this fort Um, so they're being uh, escorted by this other British officer there's this ambush that happens and then they meet Daniel Day Lewis and his family Um, so there's a whole scene though before that with those colonial homes like you kind of meet them Mm -hmm. I think that's where I was a little disconnected was I didn't Cause I didn't really know where the story was going and it was just kind of showing them. I think it is a little confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like once, once I got this story, then I was a little more into it, but like the whole beginning it's, it's a little like not messy, but it's hopping around from a few things and you never know what information you really need to hold on to. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, like because you see this homestead that eventually then gets attacked and that becomes like a a point of contention when they're at the fort was they were attacked and then like you're saying they can't go to defend themselves and like uh Nathaniel by played by Daniel Day-Lewis gets thrown in jail because he basically I guess convinces the other colonials to desert the fort. Well, he helps them, and he helps them desert. Yeah. So yeah, there's all those details. It was like as it was happening, I kind of didn't really know what was going on. (laughs) Well, that it is. It uh, I
2: couldn't see how it suffers up from my first time watch, having seen it a couple times. It's like
1: I know what's happening now. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely can see, and it always helps. That's what I like about this podcast and doing this podcast is talking about a movie that you just watched. I always love that coming out of a theater and chatting right then in the theater or let's go to Tim Hortons and discuss what we've just seen. With our paper straws. Yeah. Um, So, talking about it I'm, gro- I'm it's not like having just watched Batman vs. Superman and have all these complaints and my argument only growing stronger <laughs> as I go and you're only growing stronger in your point of view this is the type of movie where talking about it and with someone who loves it it's like yeah I probably missed some things that like on another watch I would like it more right. but like um, it's like uh, Iron Man too. You convinced me it's better than it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is Iron Man 2. <laughs> uh, his Indian name is Hawkeye, yeah. which is uh, a little not to Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, so I can definitely see watching this and at least a half star bump. Um, and, again, maybe the HD could help it. Maybe that DVD was looking a little rough. So, yeah, having an understanding of things going into something definitely does help sometimes. Um, But, yeah, as a first-time watch, it kind of suffered for that. But going in knowing, I think I would follow it and just kind of be along for the ride uh, a little bit more than... Not that there's, like, a lot to piece together, like, because there's definitely some moments that were more impactful than others, and some that it was just, like... I th- I think it's uh, top-heavy
2: or front-loaded, whatever way to say it, where it's, like, that there's not a lot of, okay, here's the exposition time. It's, like, you're just supposed to pick up and understand, yeah. which I like. I don't like... Exposition dump where it's talking mm-hmm. to people that already know this information, type of thing, where it'd be like stating the obvious and you're obviously just talking to the audience. But I feel like it gets less and less, right? Like the end is just like a chase. So it's kind of yeah. at the beginning of the movie that there is too much going on. There's all, everyone's being introduced, everyone's talking, they got weird accents. People are already betraying each other. Like, Mago's is betraying... So, it's like, who's he? Why do we care? Like, so, it, I agree. There is a... It's complicated at the beginning, and then only gets simpler as it goes.
1: Yeah. So, maybe that's why, by the end, I was more on board. Right. But, having sat through the first half, like, I don't know, just my overall feeling suffers for that I think right um so I'm it's definitely one I would watch again um and probably get a bump on it so um another thing that I thought about during the ambush so it's revealed later on that they were after the daughters because Magwa wants to kill them yeah. to end the what uh, he, he calls them like gray hair yeah. the gray hair bloodline S-
2: uh, He uses the line uh, something about like his seed will be no more. yeah there's not enough of that in our
1: lifetime either <laughs>
2: We're drawing, referring to people's seed <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it seems like maybe they weren't gonna kill them right on the spot. But they very easily could have killed them right there during the ambush. Because they all have muskets and stuff. It's like, just take a shot. But if they were, because later on they bring them back to their elder or whoever. So maybe if that's what they were going to go for, then. Yeah, I feel like the the plan
2: was to catch and kill. And he wanted, like, things don't go the way anyone plans. Like,. I think he wanted to kill them, his daughters, in front of gray hair. Right? And yeah. to see he wanted, yeah, to kill his daughters in front of him before he kills him was the first plan. And yes, you could have just, there's so many movies like that where it's like, if you're trying just to kill these people, why don't you just kill, <laughs> kill them? But they all always need their speech yeah. and their reasoning. That's just a side thing. On that ambush, i love indians with guns i think that's a great image because it's like the stereotype is bows and arrows and like yeah i feel like they probably had that for a little while but pretty soon they're just using guns
1: too they're yeah they're trading for stuff uh what did they call danny dl at the end uh it's like long rifle or something, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like he's got like this giant long rifle, right. uh, <laughs> and it's like people are telling stories about him. That is a, a great observation. Made me think of um, Robin Hood Men in Tights <laughs> because Robin Hood's feather is constantly growing on his hat, and then Mel Brooks, his character is. Rabbi Tuckman, and he points it out, and he's like, says something about you with the exceptionally long feather on your hat. But it's growing throughout the movie, and it's something that you don't really notice until he points it
2: out. I also think of in Braveheart, and then he's like, "We'll make spears twice as long, twice as long as a man." It's like, "Some men are longer than
1: others." Your mother's been <laughs> telling you stories about me again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, that was one thing. I did think of Braveheart in this because of the music. I was trying to think of uh, other 90s movies with, like, an epic kind of feel. So that was one, the main one that probably came to mind. And obviously, it's a different country, so the music Mm -hmm. flavor is a little different. but But this does have a Celtic vibe to it. A little bit. Like I said, that part at the end... It's almost like a jig. Like, it it sounds more happy. But, like, what's going on isn't really happy until maybe the resolution. But, like, uh, I liked it. It definitely worked for me. Like, especially how there's, like, no dialogue. Like, that whole chase. Like, I don't know what the the brother's name is. Um, But I realized halfway through that he's played by... Injun Joe from Tom and Huck Mm. (laughs) or no wait is it it Tom and Huck or not not Huck Finn because I know Huck Finn no yeah no it's Tom and Huck (laughs) uh which is about Tom Sawyer um so I know him from that but he looks a lot thinner in this but uh yeah, from him, like I don't know when exactly this music I'm thinking of starts, but him kind of rushing Magwa's people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of slow motion there and everything. But then right till like the th- last fight, like it's it's a long piece. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy, but uh, definitely works. Um, so another thing that looks cool... In general, Uh, but firing muskets in low light or nighttime, and there's like a nice flash, but like not the muzzle flash, like the flint, like that's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. I know. I feel like this movie
2: would look even better if it was made now. Yeah, like if you can avoid the CG and like doing dumb things but like film it identically but just have
1: better technology uh yeah that's where like yes i'm watching it on a dvd but there is something about um the way things are shot like cameras that are used lenses Mm -hmm. like i don't know there's something that gives it that 90s feel where i know what you're saying about if it was shot today <clears throat> they would use certain technology like even if it's shot on film still like Tarantino has done and it still looks awesome um, oh yeah and and yeah just like shot for shot if it was just done with different equipment I think it could have been even yeah well I feel better. like it would be
2: the Revenant type like yeah,
1: looking very nice like that one does try to do the like long shots and crazy stuff like that. I don't feel like this does, but no.
2: it's still there's it's a still couple effective. but it's not calling attention to itself. It's not. Yeah. Like it's, it's a what? It's not, it's not one of those like the camera's moving around. It's a long shot of like him like when he comes in the first ambush and he saves them and he takes out a bunch of guys at once. Like, I think he kills three guys, right? Or something, but it's not like this whole thing where it's just like, okay, we're. Any shot yeah. lasts more than 20 seconds.
1: Yeah, and the Revenant definitely, it kind of borders on being gimmicky, mm-hmm. where it's like, look at what we're doing and this yeah. is going on for so long and it's like it it's impressive if you can pull it off and everything but it is calling attention to itself mm-hmm. so it kind of works against it at the same time so yeah none of that in this which is nice and refreshing so there's that that part of 90s appeal where they're not trying to do something just to like do that. it
2: yeah, yeah. Uh another good line that I like when Daniel Day Lewis says to the Duncan, he's like, One day I think you and I are gonna have a serious disagreement. I just
1: like it it's a nice little threat.
2: <laughs> I don't know.
1: Like, and then they kind of do, but in a different way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing really happens the way
2: you think. To uh Let's talk about Magua. I love Magua.
1: He's a good villain, right? And it's funny because I know the actor from other things. So seeing him, I really didn't expect. Yeah, he, well, his, he's like, in turn. Oh, is he? he? I haven't seen Heat in a he's while. He's a cop in Heat. Uh he's in Mystery Men. Okay. He's the Sphinx. But what I love about Magua is.
2: He talks in the third person, which I love, which should come yeah. back. Uh, also, he rips a guy's heart out. That's always... Yep. We, we need more of that. But I thought he was scalping him at first. Right. And then, like, it... He doesn't it take up, a like, bite oh, of wait. it. I thought I remembered him <laughs> taking a bite of
1: it. No, he just kind of holds it up. Yeah. Uh, but... What I, lo- I feel like that would take a long time to get someone's heart out. Well, this isn't like, the first time he's done it. <laughs> I guess,
2: but like... No, I know. Like that ribcage, I wonder how ribs. hard it is to rip that, get through that ribcage. Yeah. Hmm.
1: He knows what he's doing.
2: but Yeah, he knows where he's going. But what I like about him is in another movie, you could... Like, this movie is not, like, preachy, where it's like, oh, the English and the colonials are so bad, and the Indians are perfect. It's just like, everyone sucks in their own special way, (laughs) right? Where it's just like, Magwa, he kind of has a point, because it's like, you look at Magwa's perspective, if everything he says, and there's no reason not to believe him, like, he wants revenge because the English pretty much wiped out his family. So it's just like, that's John Wick. Or, like, or Braveheart, or like a million other movies where it's just like, he's in another movie, we could be watching Magua take his revenge and he would be mm-hmm. the hero. Like, he's totally. Sympathetic. I don't think you need to murder the guy's daughters, but (laughs) you have, uh, there's elements there where it's like he would have been the hero in a different movie type of thing. Like, it's not just like he's this crazed villain that's just like this savage, right? Or, but I even like that the fact that they rip out the guy's heart, there is like. There is different degrees like the uh, colonialists they are murdering and taking over the land but then they're so civilized in their warfare seemingly but then they're doing heinous acts but then the Indians are you could say peaceful or whatnot but then they're all against each other right the Huron and the Iroquois and all the stuff like fight each other and then ripping people's heads our hearts out and scalping people seem like a pretty savage thing to do (laughs) like right like it is uh it's I just like it it seems authentic where it's just like everyone sucks and everyone has a point
1: too (laughs) so um I'm only thinking of this now but uh Magwa, is he Huron? I think he is Huron. Or is Huron. He something... But then, the, the Indians he is with, are they Huron as well? Or is he... I, f- I feel like he's not part of their tribe. I feel like... Yeah, I... Uh, like there's another... I'm not
2: sure of the tribe that they're in at the end there. But I feel like that's his tribe.
1: I feel like and maybe I'm just making this up, but it's almost like a parallel to Daniel Day-Lewis that he's been adopted right. by this other, like his. they're both the same, where their family's killed and they're adopted by this one tribe. And they're kind of, they're not outsiders, but they're, they're well, they're adopted in, so they're one of them, but he's like, kind of just acting on his own right. with these people. Like, it, it makes no difference to them that he's brought these prisoners. Right. And uh, he just wants his own revenge, but is kind of playing it like, oh, I did this thing yeah. for us, but really it's like a self, and, uh, selfish act. Yeah,
2: and it's interesting what he says there, where he's like, we're going to trade and become a more powerful people right and it's like and then uh, like Daniel Day-Lewis calls him out that like what you're just gonna be like the British and the French and he's like yeah and we'll take land and he names a bunch of other Indian tribes type of thing like it's just yeah he hates them but he wants to become like them so I don't know. I think he's a great, realistic villain. Or, yeah. It's good. What else do I have here?
1: Madeline. Um, oh, go for it. <laughs> I, I have a midway note about the music again. The score finally gets turned up to 11 for the love scene. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Madeline Stowe. Um, and I think... I don't know for sure, but the, that music does sound like the end music. So maybe... So maybe I, I said you don't hear it before, but maybe you do hear it there. Uh, so, yeah. It does, it does pick up halfway whenever that happens. I'm not a huge fan of that scene. It seems a little... Hollywood um, of a like love scene where like where are they Uh <laughs> like where like how where is this taking place are they just out in the woods or are, it doesn't look like they're in the fort or at least afterwards like it almost seems like the they're morning. on the wall somewhere yeah like it's it's kind of weird but then there's like this nice shot i think they even use it in the dvd menu and he's kind of standing there like with yeah. his head turned and then she's like in front of him and yeah. like they're both looking off in the distance and it's like where are you like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it looks nice but like it's just such a hollywood type shot of like our heroes our our love interests kind of thing so i don't know that took me out a little bit because of that Yeah, that.
2: I still love the movie, but I would say their romance is a little quick because we don't know exactly, but it seems like this movie takes place over two, three days maximum. Like the last day is all. Like by the time. uh, Maybe a week, the whole movie. Right, but even that like because it's all like it depends on like how long does it take after the first ambush to get to the actual fort so that's debatable but from the point of listen to this craziness from the point of the french taking the fort so the british leaving it's it's not really but it is almost like real time Like, from that point, that same day, seemingly, they get ambushed by the Indians. They escape on the canoes. That night, they are under the waterfall. They escape, and then they go to the village, and then the final chase. So it's like, from that day on, right, when they surrender the fort, it's all like happening right after each other like there's there's time in there there's hours and of walking but there's no like uh no time jump yeah there's no campfire scene where it's like obviously okay they've been doing this
1: long journey or whatever so yeah like um yeah, it's not real time in that it's playing out minute for minute as you're watching it. But, yeah, it's not really cutting out anything other than walking. Whereas I feel Lord of the Rings and The Fellowship of the Ring, there's shots of them walking here, walking there, walking here. And it's like, that's probably a week. Right. And you don't see them stopping and camping because who cares? Just keep it moving. So they're, you're seeing them walking a lot, but that's not continuous walking, right. whereas this, yeah, it's it's them just go, go, go.
2: Yeah, the way it's filmed, it's not implying they're at it for a long time. No. Uh, yeah. Back to so, yeah, I think the romance is a little quick, but I'll let that slide. Uh, I like, how can you deny Daniel Day-Lewis? He is <laughs> like, <laughs> he's
1: awesome. Uh I will say I do I did not find his acting in this to be anything special. It's funny because I looked it up.
2: Uh I got it right here. Uh Where is it? The best So this came out in 92, so it would have been the 93. Uh, Oscars and he was not nominated but it would have been packed even more so So Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin and then Stephen Mm -hmm. Ray R-E-A for The Crying Game not sure I should check that out but then these Clint Eastwood, Unforgiven Denzel Washington, Malcolm X Al Pacino, Scent of a Woman It would have been cool if Daniel Day-Lewis was in there, too. Like, that's a loaded category.
1: I feel like this was pretty early for him. Mm -hmm. Like, he had done stuff before this, um, but he didn't have the reputation yet. So I'm not really surprised. And having seen it, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's not like he's bad, but it's also not... Lincoln, or uh, there will be blood. Like something else, where the acting um, is all over there. Yeah, like you've like, seen the acting. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've, I've seen those two. I've seen Gangs of New York. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else, but like usually he's doing more artsy type stuff. Anyways, mm-hmm. that is more of the Oscar bait type stuff. this I don't feel like is not that. Um, I definitely think it has that feel of of trying to be like a uh, a greater version of cowboys and Indians kind of thing, not that those are cowboys, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, what else like
2: yeah, no, I think it's not. I like them in it, but yeah, the uh, waterfall scene—I like it. But like the "Stay Alive" and all this type of stuff, it's just like, yeah.
1: I, feel, I think that's something else. Ben Stiller says something. He references that. Yeah, uh, yeah I.
2: I feel like Daniel Day Lewis, at his prime, it's like no one else could do what he's doing. Like I can't see anyone else doing Lincoln properly, <laughs> or uh, other things. This I don't see Harrison Ford doing this, but I feel like there's others, uh, like Val Kilmer, or something maybe could have pulled this off somehow. Or like if he when Tombstone come out, is this prime Val Kilmer time? It's around, it's probably after this, right? So, I feel like, but I think he's excellent. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not, there's a lot of physical acting in this, if that's
1: like, there's not a lot of downtime, yeah. Um, There's not as much running as I would have thought there would be in this movie, actually.
2: No, I saw your review, (laughs) but there is quite a bit.
1: There is, but... And the movie starts off with a run. (laughs) Yeah, it it does. Uh, Maybe it's just because that poster is, like, iconic or, like, Mm -hmm. it's very memorable of him just kind of running towards the camera. So I just kind of... That and... Ben Stiller Have made me think That that's all That this movie is Is him running From place to place Uh Cause really like I don't think That ever happens Or it doesn't ever Look like that His running Uh But maybe that's just Right Maybe I missed it But I feel like That uh Poster doesn't Actually happen That way uh.
2: Um back to Madeline Stowe I think Mm. she is a beautiful woman where there's not, I don't know who else to compare her to but it's just like I always remember the line in red letter media's review of Prometheus talking to Charlize Theron. And it's just like, she's distractingly good looking <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> and it's just like, I feel like not that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, there's a difference between hotness and beauty or whatever. And like, I don't know. I think Madeline's still through the roof and, uh, this movie
1: i would agree she is easy on the eyes but i guess kind of like you're saying isn't i don't think distractingly so but for the time period and being in the frontier your the, the bar is not high, <laughs> right? <laughs> like <laughs> kind of thing, but yeah. Well, it's uh, only her and uh, around. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, like I I don't know her from anything else. So I
2: just saw her actually in Twelve Monkeys.
1: Okay, I haven't seen that in a long time.
2: But yeah, no, I I I like her. In it. I like her voice. I think she's a pretty good actress, and that she is somewhat of the uh, damsel in distress. But I think it's realistic. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Uh, also, I was listening to another podcast of just, and it's just on stories, and they were talking about like uh, King Arthur stories. And then the guy was talking about the, uh, not the cliche, but the like traditional story of what it's not the cliche. What is it? I don't know. But the standard story of poor boy, rich woman. Yeah. And then he's named a bunch he's like, yeah. And then this came, and then, uh, watching this it's falls into that category poor boy rich uh, woman two things that he mentioned obvious ones Aladdin and Lady and the Shramp <laughs> and it's just like this when you uh, he was like pointing at all these like traditional story beats and it's like yeah when you mark these things down it's like you'd be surprised they're all over the place <laughs> Right. Or it's like like the Aladdin's like the huge difference. But then there's always like. Uh, well, Aristocats, like it's Robin <laughs> Hood, right? Like it's all over the place. Well, OK, so, they, so far you've
1: named all the cartoons. <laughs> right. But like right. Robin Hood, uh, the story, too. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. But then like Titanic. Yeah. Uh, the notebook, like any, any uh, romantic, not romantic comedy, but like chick flick type thing. I feel like, uh, that's usually the, the balance. I can't think of really one where it's a rich guy, poor girl. I've got one (laughs) other than like, if you want to say my fair lady, which I don't really find to be a, right romance between them i've got
2: one and the only reason i think of it because i have this academy award thing on here tom hanks meg ryan
1: you've got mail he's loaded i was thinking of that too but i also don't feel like she's not poor that's ever really that's not really ever part of it usually that's like a whole story thing of like he's not good enough for you kind of like yeah like thing, that's they yeah he obviously is loaded and she's going out of business <laughs> right <so. laughs> but yeah but it's
2: never that's part of the story but it's not yeah it's not uh
1: so maybe i don't know maybe when it's flipped it that isn't an issue because the man's rich i don't know maybe is that 50 shades of gray he's rich and she's not i don't know. yeah see
2: Yeah, why aren't men considered gold diggers?
1: (laughs) Yeah, because... I don't know. I don't know,
2: but it is, uh... It's interesting. Uh, so yeah, I love Madeline Stowe. Uh... What else do I have? Oh, I do like the her little thing with Duncan, the little love triangle. It's uh I feel it's similar there's good uh other versions of it. The one that I could think of first thing I thought of was uh Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> the first one at least. And it's just like It's usually the British officer who's not terrible, but it's
1: like, there's no comparison. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think that that might have been what I was thinking too, because yeah, it's (laughs) it's pretty close, I guess, Mm -hmm. where it's like he's a fine man, but then at least in this, there is like Uh, You can kind of see her turning point, like she's already not into it, but um, he lies about something at some point. And it's like there's like a clear distinction of his integrity and like he's kind of just thinking about his career. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he doesn't ever seem like evil about it, where sometimes... That's yeah. how it can play out. Of well, like, well, obviously he's the worst man. Well,
2: that's the thing. Like, What's his name? Billy Zane is like he could be an yeah. SS officer. Like <laughs> he's like insane. <laughs> like how evil he is.
1: Yeah. Uh, In Titanic, not just Billy Zane <laughs> the actor.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know.
1: I've never seen him <laughs> not do it. <laughs> uh, that's but yeah. true.
2: Uh, I just a few production things the giant flags I like seeing the Union Jack as like a square almost instead of a traditional flag uh, I just like that kind of stuff uh, waterfalls I feel like there is there are so many things where it's like phases in movies where it's like, yeah, this happens all the time and watching a lot of movies you get a feel for it and I feel like Waterfalls used to be in everything and it's just like the 90s, I only had three this one, The Fugitive uh that's a damn <laughs> whatever it's the same thing uh, Homeward Bound like, I feel like, how, what is a recent movie? The most recent I could think of, of a big waterfall scene, would be Avatar. And that's just James Cameron, because he's so broad-strokey, that it's just like, yeah, here we'll have a waterfall scene. But, like, I feel waterfalls were in a lot more <laughs>
1: movies 20, 30 years ago. Well, and especially cartoons. Right, like from those types of things, uh, I would have thought that the danger of going over a waterfall would have been greater. <laughs> it was more <laughs> more common than what it's turned oh, out yeah. to be in my life, based off of cartoons, because it's always hey, a thing rescuers. of like rescuers. We're heading towards, yeah, exactly. There's there's always we're heading towards the the, the best example, and it's making fun of it kind of is uh, Emperor's New Groove, right. Where he, he's uh, uh, John Goodman's characters, I think he just says, Uh-oh. And, uh oh. And Kuz goes facing the other way and he's like, let me guess. Giant waterfall? Yep. Shark rocks at the bottom? Most likely. All right. Bring it on. <laughs> they go over. It's quite good. Um, but yeah, live action waterfalls, just like in general, being around in shots, you mean? Or that they have some just a scene
2: with a waterfall seems like they don't happen as much anymore. Yeah,
1: um, this isn't Black Panther the though. 90s. Has a bit of
2: waterfalls in it.
1: Yeah, turning off the waterfall. Um, I was gonna say uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, has a nice waterfall scene. Yeah, I love his butt. behind
2: waterfalls. That's a half star. Bump. Dragonheart.
1: <laughs> Again. Exactly. Uh, yeah, behind waterfalls, it's a it's a classic. Lost World escape. has a little mm-hmm. mini waterfall. Yeah, can't can't think of any recent ones. It's been played out. We're trying to get away from waterfalls. Apocalypto
2: has waterfalls. That's what I was gonna say. Apocalypto and uh, Mad Max in this movie, where it's just like a lot of just visuals. If I ever get to direct anything, remind me to shut off the dialogue and just do visuals. It's. I think I don't know if it's easier, but I think it's. Like, a safe bet. You you screw things up when people talk too much. (laughs) And it's just like... uh, Yeah, just visuals, have music blaring, and an action scene. and Go for it. I love the Indian... The wood clubs that they use in this. So the dad daniel yeah. day lewis's dad has like that bluish like it almost looks like the, like a uh, back end of a rifle but it's is like a but is that a club or does it have a blade on it d- well that's I the thought thing that was, i think it has like a blade or it's sharpened wood yeah like it's almost like uh like giant axe or something and I that reminds me of I love the second ambush where like the one guy just comes out and kills a guy and there's not immediate chaos because it's a big group so it's like no one knows what's happening right is it just one guy and it's like kind of dead for a little bit afterwards and it's just like I yeah that kind of stuff. I do like the fighting in this movie. I feel, besides the end, but even the end, I think, is still pretty realistic.
1: Yeah. Um, it's not over the top, and it's not drawn out. Right. It's that's, slow.
2: That's a very good like. thing, where it's like not drawn out. Where. The exact opposite of Revenge of the Sith.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Um, I also like that it's the father that kills Magua. Yes. You would expect. It's a, I, I
2: had that in a note. I love when it's. Uh, I think there's a couple older James Bond movies where that happens, where it's just like another character. They built him up. In The Hobbit, we were texting about that, but Bard, like in the book, is just some guy that kills the dragon, right? It's not like this yeah. crazy main character. I kind of like movies that do that. Uh, yeah. It makes it, I don't know, feel more realistic or just your hero is good, but he can't doesn't have to do every single thing. Yeah. Um that is the
1: last of my notes. Uh, uh and so then, like that the dad kills Magua. Yeah, and then he has his whole speech about him being the last of the Mohicans. Mm-hmm. So my note was well it kind of goes back to the beginning where I didn't even know if he was meant to be Indian or not, but I always assumed that he was the last of the Mohicans because he's the guy on the cover, right. and the main character. But it's the father saying that he is... And really, the whole movie has nothing to do with that. <laughs> like, right. He is present, and this is, like, the story of, I guess, the other son's last days. But he's barely, like, focused on for most of the movie. And then he dies making the father the last of the Mohicans but I uh, feel
2: it's also just the testament of that speech but then also who will control the continent where it's just like this is a dying race a
1: tribe of people that are gonna be wiped out and yeah again not showing a backstory it's not like you see that the tribe is attacked and they're all wiped out and these are the last guys like it just starts and there's only two of them left anyways. Right. Like, so I guess, yeah, having not seen it, not knowing what to expect, that would be what I would have expected is it being about this tribe and them being wiped out, but then some of them survive or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, this story is fine. It's it's not what I would have expected if, if you asked me I wouldn't have come up with this right but this is I'm assuming based on a true story I think there's like a actual book called
2: The Last of the Mohicans but I think I saw yeah. this in the extra features Michael Mann even saying like we love this book it's like a traditional American story but it's just so inauthentic itself because it wasn't written at the time. So it's like written like a hundred years after these events. So there's a lot of just embellishment and whatnot. Talking about maybe a little uh, savage behavior that is universal. I like Pocahontas where they are talking about each other as savages. And I sympathize because I think Indians and Europeans have savage behavior and the fact that they're burning Duncan alive and then it's like, yeah, that seems so barbaric and whatnot and it is but it's not like the Europeans are above that. They just might have been above it at that time (laughs) but a hundred years ago they were doing the exact same thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, and I'm sure even after this, colonials were doing it like right. with witches, right. <laughs> like <laughs> burning people at the stake. So yeah, it's not like yeah, everyone's guilty of yeah. burning. And I do alive. like that long rifle.
2: Mercy kills him. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. It's nice of him. Um, <laughs> One quick sorry that elder. I feel his decision is the worst of all the decisions that could have been made. There's like like three or four different options of like give them back, do this or do that, and it's just like even like you could have seen the movie ends that Daniel Day Lewis is burned at the stake and everyone else yeah. is let go, but his decision is like no, Magua take the blonde, we're gonna... Uh, burn at the stake Madeline Stowe and we're gonna let the men leave or something it's just like this is the worst one of all the things that you could have decided (laughs)
1: uh, yeah it was weird um I was gonna say a scene where it makes you think about other things that aren't shown but uh Duncan and Madeline Stowe have like tea uh, out uh, in the middle of a field. For sure. And there's just like a table that's set with like tablecloth and the, everything. It's like, how inconvenient would that have been for like the servants to prepare for them? Like, right. it's just out in the middle of nowhere, you're going to make several trips to bring everything oh. out.
2: It's, it's enough to <laughs> bring to st- this. stuff from the kitchen to the dining room, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. let alone. <laughs> It does. Hey, Lost World, Jurassic Park. But there, they're showing that they've got like 18 servants. But at the beginning on the beach,
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, my last note was I think that I've talked about the cover art or the poster. I feel like it's pretty iconic, but none of the scenes come close to it in terms of being iconic. Like, there's nothing in this that I would recognize. Okay, yeah. Maybe that's just me not having seen it, but, like, no one is referencing it. Like, we've talked about things where it's, like, certain s- scenes or quotes or whatever visuals are referenced a lot. I don't know if there is anything in this that I would have picked up as being in the zeitgeist. Right. <laughs> uh, but that poster... I think it's pretty recognizable but uh, yeah I'm I'm glad I watched it Uh, I had wanted to watch it and like I said it probably would go up I uh, put it in as a three and a half which is pretty much just my feeling towards it at the end I was feeling it at about a three and a half although I also had that feeling of like it could it kind of deserves more but I wasn't as into it as what the quality they were putting out like it didn't stir me much so that's where it landed but maybe on a rewatch it would go to at least a four And you, you gotta check out a hammer uh,
2: yeah I had it at four and a half I boosted it up to a five I just said screw it I love this There's, it's not, I agree it might not be as memorable or, uh, yeah, but there's just so many things that I really enjoyed on this watch that outweighed any little nitpicks for me, but I, uh, yeah, I love Frontier stuff, so, yeah. it's good to get back in the 90s
1: (laughs) yeah we are a podcast built on the 90s so it's good to go back to the roots uh yeah I overall enjoyed it so check it out Last of the Mohicans starring Daniel Day-Lewis Madeline Stowe directed by Michael Mann 1992 um join us next week for what did I say we're doing? I think we're reviewing uh, just what we've watched. Where did my calendar go? Um, Yeah. Stuff we watched in February and then we're picking back up onto the Marvel stuff. Um, And then as we talked about Snyder Cut Coming up next month, as well as Godzilla vs Kong, this March is gonna be huge. Mm-hmm. For, it's coming
2: uh, quick. Movies. We're halfway yeah. done it uh, February already,
1: already. Yeah, and it's a short month to begin with, so. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, email us at lineofstatepod at gmail.com. Let us know if there's a 90 movie that you would like us to dive into. Um, or any movie for that matter, <laughs> preferably nineties, but yes, you can, you can hit us with any era, any genre, um, Or, you know, just we always appreciate the feedback. Um, Mostly the feedback we get is people telling us the things we've done wrong, (laughs) which is appreciated too, but uh, uh, some positive feedback would be great.